Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Popcorn Podcast, a brand new season, and today's episode, we're talking about the king of Staten Island and where'd you go, Bernadette, plus all the latest movie and trailer news. Well, this is exciting, a whole new season of Popcorn Podcast. We're in season four. Series four, yes. This should be the blockbuster half of the year. But unfortunately, it's still a bit of a fizzle, isn't it? It is a bit of a fizzle. And, you know, we're seeing Tenant get moved back and back. But you know what? It's really, we're really grateful, really lucky that we can still see new release films and bring you reviews. And we've got two really interesting stories to bring to you this week Mm -hmm. and to tell you our thoughts on it. And the first one is The King of Staten Island, which is the new Judd Apatow dramedy, as you will. That's kind of like his little stamp, Mm -hmm. his thing that he does really well. So uh, give us a little taste of what The King of Staten Island is about. So The King of Staten Island has Pete Davidson, who is a Saturday Night Live alumni, playing Scott, a 20-something-year-old with an interest in tattooing who's become stuck in his life, basically, after the death of his firefighter father. And it's worth noting that that hits close to home for Pete Davidson because his father actually died as a result of the 9-11 attacks. He was a firefighter himself. And so Scott spends his days smoking weed and he still lives with his mother, played beautifully by Marissa Tomei. And then when she starts dating someone new, it sort of forces Scott to own up to his grief and start moving forward with his life. Yeah. First point I'd like to make Mm. is that I didn't know that this was loosely based on Pete Davidson's life. Yes. 
And it was something that I read after I watched the film. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but when you learn something about the characters, whether it be something true to life or whatever, when you learn something new about the story or the actors involved, for me, it makes me look at the film in a whole different light. And I actually quite enjoyed that because as poignant as I found this movie, and we can go into discussing that in a moment, Mm. it made me really sit back and appreciate the the story and 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 what's happened and how that affected the characters and everything and mm-hmm. it really upped it a level for me i thought it was just yeah really beautiful well that's sort of a trademark of judd apatow's films isn't it that he'll take an unknown comedic actor like amy schumer or steve carell or and he'll elevate them using their own stories and help them tell their own stories yeah. and i really like that about him i think yeah. that's that's a really good trademark to have i mean what you've got in this film is definitely follows that formula where it's you know two hours of jokes but Mm. like thrown in there is this really deep pathos like a nice mix of humor Mm. and and drama and it just elevates the sort of impact and the connection that you have with characters because for me it just feels so real and raw Mm. and emotive and i think i just i really enjoyed i really enjoyed this this latest from judd apatow i did too and let's talk a little bit about pete davidson as the protagonist yeah i have to be honest and say that i'm not a fan of his comedy in saturday night live yeah me either he's often underutilized and i wonder i'd always wondered if there was a reason for that because he just wasn't really all that interested or motivated and his comedy was quite lazy i felt yeah that's just my opinion some people really like it but i was so impressed with his performance in this it really turned my opinion around yeah me too i've watched his stand-up before i think it was there was a special on netflix or something Mm. and i didn't vibe with it i thought he was funny but i think you put it well when you said his comedy is a bit lazy i don't Mm. know it's just really nonchalant and kind of really conversational and uh, self-deprecating all that which i do which i do enjoy Mm. but yeah this one he just had some there was so much gravitas and poignancy to his Mm. story and he was yeah, he was really, really troubled. Mm. And you got to experience that. You got to understand through his performance and portrayal what grief meant to his character and how after many years of his father dying when he was a boy, as his mm. story plays out, how grief can still kick you in the guts mm. and how it can affect those around you as well as your output as a human being and how you treat people. Mm. And this was just a beautiful story of following that journey over a short period of time. And he brought so much authenticity to to that journey. Well, he really showed what he can do. And do you think that's because he identified so strongly with the role because it was his story? Yeah. And that's what jumped out at me after I watched the film going, heck, like we were looking at Pete as much as we were his character. Mm. And it just made it hit me right in the feels a whole lot more. I think he really brought some authenticity, being able to relate to his character so much. It's a slightly different Judd Apatow comedy or dramedy as you said he tends to use humor as a director to get to the heart of the human condition and it's not always grand philosophical ideas his dramedies sort of hit closer to home for a lot of people on Mm. smaller issues but subjects that are still fraught with a lot of emotion like you know unwanted pregnancy or surprise pregnancy turning 40 being a 40 year old virgin yeah you know all those kind of things but how does this comedy fit into that world. I found it a darker take. Yes, it was really dark. And I guess it takes about 45 minutes for it to reach that really dark place. Mm. Because you think, I don't know about you, but 
watching this movie, I thought, you know, I loved the script, the rapid fire, the banter between the friends and everything. You're kind of getting to know their world. Mm. And it took about 45 minutes to reach the dark place and to really understand and see into Pete Davidson's character's world and how he is really Mm. not with it. And yeah, I was surprised that it went into that journey of dealing with your grief mm. in a really beautiful way. It didn't like throw it in your face or anything like that. And it, it, it didn't feel disingenuous. Sometimes you don't know what people are going through. Yeah. And he needed to accept what he was going through and let people in. And it was really beautiful how the supporting characters helped him through that journey as hurt as they had been by mm. him over the years. It was just a really nice way of that balance I completely agree with you. Um, going back to what you said about taking about 45 minutes to get into it, yeah. that was a little bugbear I had with it in some stages, that improvised style that they were working in. I don't know whether that was intentional or whether they were actually improvising. Yeah. Started to get on my nerves a little bit okay, after fair. a while because it affected the pace mm-hmm. of the film, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, Judd Apatow has... I would call it an issue, not something that is an issue in all his films, but his films are always really long. Yes. He, he's making like a dramedy and, you know, comedy really only get people's attention for about 90 to mm. 100 minutes. Like that's really all you can push at people because then it gets lost and you think it's just over exhausting and, and mm. you're just trying too hard, pushing jokes on people for the sake of it. But with this one, like he balances the drama and comedy. So for me, although they are a bit overblown, once I got through that 45 minute hump, mm. I found that it was taking this new direction that kind of hooked me back in. Mm. And I actually, for, for the first time in a while, watching a Judd Apatow film, I didn't have much of an issue with his duration. But I appreciate your point. Like, you are right. It was a bit laborious at the beginning. You're thinking, where is this actually going? What are we trying to understand here? It's more the scenes themselves that, as you say, you you get the joke, you get the punchline, and then they just go on that little bit longer than they need to. Mm. And then you kind of go, oh, it moves into awkward territory rather than comedic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that leans into the fact to your earlier point where there's a lot of improvisation encouraged on his sets. Mm. And I think comedians tend to just try new things and just keep going. And I guess the camera's still rolling. Yeah. And it's a skill, I guess, of the filmmakers and the editor to try and piece that together as efficiently as possible. Well, that's the thing. Should the editor have maybe been a bit more ruthless or Judd himself been a Mm. bit more ruthless in the cuts? Yeah, I guess so. He, as a filmmaker, likes to hold on to moments and really even scenes that don't necessarily propel the story, Mm. they kind of give you that insight into into them. And so he holds into these scenes, which some are more effective than others. I would love to talk about Marissa Tomei. Okay. Because I love her to death. Mm -hmm. Recently, I mean, she's been in millions of films. But I love her take in the, in the MCU as, as Aunt May and mm-hmm. whatever. And I think she's just brings something new to all her roles. I think it's really great. But in this one, holy heck, she'll get Oscar nominated for this. You think? Yeah, absolutely. I was just blown away by how fucking awesome she was. Yeah. She was so... Oh, my God. There was a lot of commitment there in her performance and a lot of nuances and just also, you know, she's struggling with grief of her own. The character is struggling with grief of her own and a son, layabout son, who's just making life difficult for her in a lot of really... like shocking way really, really shocking. in this movie and then she's got a new romance to contend with and getting to know someone but marissa tomei just brought this absolute joy to the role yeah. still running through it she was strong she was independent she wasn't a victim 
you know, she's past that stage of the grief overwhelming her, but it's mm. still there. There's just mm. so many layers to her performance. And yeah. God, did she bring it. She really brought it. That is a point. So many layers. So many layers to her performance. Yeah. She was just a joy to watch. And, you know, when you see a role that it's just so perfectly encapsulated and brought to screen, you think, I can't imagine anyone else doing mm. this. And, yeah, she was so, so perfectly cast. What One thing I didn't believe, which made it hard for me to settle in was that Pete's character was apparently in his early to mid-twenties, and I just didn't believe it because he's a pretty haggard-looking dude. I get that that was part of his thing. Like, he was really messed up. But I was just like, oh, no, you kind of look like you're in your mid-thirties, and I didn't (laughs) believe you were in your twenties and and dealing with all this. So that was the hardest pill to swallow here, but, I mean, forgivable So what would you give the King of Staten Island out of five popcorn kernels? I was really surprised by this and I was really taken aback and took this really beautiful mix of hilarity, heartwarming pathos Mm. and and humour. I think it was just a really nice balance. I'm going to give it three and a half. I'm going to agree with you. It was moving and enjoyable and had a surprisingly impressive central performance. Awesome. All right. Now, this week I also saw Where'd You Go, Bernadette, starring Kate Blanchett. We bow down to the queen, Kate Blanchett. (laughs) Absolutely. Come on. Uh, It's directed by Richard Linklater, who co-wrote the screenplay based on a best-selling novel by Maria Semple. And it stars Kate Blanchett as a loving mum who's slightly eccentric, and she's an architectural artist who is compelled to reconnect with her creative passion after years of sacrificing herself for her family and sort of losing herself. Um, And then a comedic set of mishaps happen, which are really funny, and her life implodes and she runs away to Antarctica. (laughs) It's quite a random synopsis. That sounds just just a little mic drop. And she ran away to Antarctica. BTW. And how, (laughs) obviously, we're going to dig into this, but Mm. how did just the the character of Antarctica play into the whole, like, narrative and the tone of it? Like, it seems really random on page, but how effective was it? It was super effective. And when you get to actually get to Antarctica, the cinematography is incredible. Mm. I immediately wanted to go to Antarctica. <laughs> I've almost got been to Antarctica. Have I you? Ju- well, yeah. I just ultimately found out how expensive it was. <laughs> and I was <laughs> so like, oh, expensive. yeah, I just didn't have 10 grand. Well, in this movie, they're quite rich because Kate Blanchett's husband or Bernadette's husband, LG, is played by Billy Crudup. And he's a Microsoft software whiz who's made a lot of money for mm. them. It's got a great cast. It's got Kristen Wiig, it's got Judy Greer, and newcomer Emma Nelson as Bernadette's daughter, B, who is an incredible standout in this. She is delightful. And the movie's told through the lens of the daughter, seeing that her mother has some problems, some issues, some social anxieties, but still adoring her and always standing by her side. And there's this great scene in the film between Kristen Wiig and Kate Blanchett where they're, they're neighbours who hate each other and they, they get into this massive screaming match and the daughter just stands up for her mother, you know, and says, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what she's been through. I'm my own person. It's just, it's so hard to explain, but it's just yeah. such a great moment that no matter how odd or not present her mother is, she just adores her and she wants her parents to come with her to Antarctica on this sort of uh, extension of a school trip, basically. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Kristen Wiig, what is she like? Cause she's got a very distinctive performance. Oh, she's a bit player in this. So she's, okay. yeah, but okay. she's great. Of course she's always great. I do love Kristen Wiig. Yeah. yeah. And Kate Blanchett is just so good at that nuance in her performances as well. She likes to play slightly 
I guess ex- eccentric is probably the wrong word, but mm. slightly quirky characters. Um, and in this, Bernadette is a bohemian artist, uh-huh. you know, with all these creative quirks and and they drive who she is as a person. She can't take her mental health seriously because, you know, she's avoiding everything that she can. Mm. Um, but she's just so good at it. She has that undercurrent bubbling beneath the surface the whole time. So yeah. while she's wildly quirky and a bit irresponsible, there's always that little bit going under the surface that makes you know that something else is going on there. Right, right. I love that about Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Is it quite a dark film? Like No, it's quite lighthearted. Okay, yeah. It is, yeah. It does tackle the complexities of mental health and how the complicated sort of interwoven threads of human experience and emotion play into that. So there is a deeper level. And in Richard Linklater films, that's his signature, isn't it? Yes, very much. So you mentioned Richard Linklater, and obviously he's known sometimes for the peculiar character studies and that he pushes the envelope in filmmaking, thinking, you know, boyhood that he filmed over over 12 years. What sort of flavour does he bring to to this film that kind of plays into that space? Well, this is more a straight down the middle kind of film. It's definitely... So unexpected? Unexpected for his style, I would say, because he's quite an innovative director, always looking, as you said, to push the boundaries and push the envelope of filmmaking. Yeah. Here, I don't know that he did push anything. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... He's a great director. There were great performances, great actors, and it all came together quite nicely, but there was Mm. nothing elevating it to, wow, this is an amazing film, if that makes sense. I guess he lent into the eccentricity of the protagonist. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a really interesting character study. Bernadette is this tortured artist, and what's interesting is how they make commentary on how what we do is tied into who we are and our sense of self. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. And what would you give, where'd you go, Bernadette? How many popcorn kernels? I'd give it three, I think, because it was a really nice film. And Emma Nelson, as I said, who plays the daughter, was fantastic. So delightful. But I will say the dialogue was just a little bit intellectually pretentious. Oh, okay. Like um, alienating? It's a bit, it's kind of that elitist style yeah. of filmmaking, you know what I mean, that plays to a certain demographic right. of yeah. people, yeah. I guess. I mean, they're a rich couple living in this grand mansion, yeah. knockabout mansion that she's supposed to be doing up. She's They've bought other houses that they've done up and it hasn't gone well or whatever, and that's feeding into her sense of insecurity as well. They're very privileged. It's white privilege, right? basically. Right. So um, that was kind of a downside of it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, fair. But it still was a really solid film, solid Filmmaker, solid performances, so I'll definitely give it three. Okay, great. All right, well, let's move on to news. What's first cab off the rank? We do have a bit of news this week. Due to the major markets like the US still being shut down and now, sadly, Victoria suffering through more restrictions, Mm. our thoughts go out to you in Victoria. The flow-on effect of this means that the movies that were expected to relaunch cinema in July, like Tenet and Wonder Woman, you know, the ones we were really excited to see are being pushed to August and September and October. They just keep getting pushed. And in their place, Aussie cinemas are rescreening older favourites like Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, which is yeah. fun. You can go along to the cinema and see that. Um, and they're also releasing movies that never got their time to shine on the big screen like The Invisible Man, Bloodshot, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, all of which we have reviewed. So please check out our website and listen to the reviews so you know where to spend your hard-earned money. Yes. And look... 
it's great that cinemas are doing this. They're trying to encourage people to come back. Hopefully people feel comfortable mm. and it's good to go back and look at old classic films, but then those that just, yeah, we just missed out on, you know, a couple mm. of months ago. So I think that's really, really nice strategy. And movies like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, especially, and The Invisible Man are great to see on the big screen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the tension and the anticipation of The Invisible Man is, yes, definitely to be enjoyed in, in a cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh, God, I'm just getting chills thinking about that. We, re- we really enjoyed that one, didn't we? Yeah. And also this week, Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced that the Australian federal government will offer $400 million to attract large inbound foreign films productions to our shores. I mean, that's exciting. The new location incentive plan will provide cash grants over the next seven years, and that's in, in addition to the location rebates that are already offered for production and post-production work done in the country. This is such important policy. Yeah. And a strategy because the film and television industry needs to pick itself up. Yeah. And if you've got governments that are putting their hand up and saying, we'll support and help you, it's injecting life into our own economy and and assisting in getting these stories uh, made and told and seen and consumed by, by everyone. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's a really... Really nice piece of news to share today, I think. And we have such great facilities up on the Gold Coast, the Village Roadshow Studios. Yep. And Fox Studios is just languishing. I really wish that they would revitalize that and use it more. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Noah Centino will play Atom Smasher, what a name, in the upcoming Black Atom superhero movie starring your favorite, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Love oh. The Rock. Woohoo! Uh, he has been in the latest Charlie's Angels a reboot film and To All the Boys I've Loved Before, that Netflix uh, film as well. So he, he's like a, an up-and-comer rising star, and this is pretty exciting to see him injected into a big superhero tempole movie, which is greatly anticipated. We haven't had a lot of info about this movie yet, but it's going to start to trickle through once production start opening up again. Yeah, Absolutely producers of the sequel to animated comedy film Chicken Run have been accused of ageism. Tell us about this one. So this is referring to the original cast member, Julia Sawala, said that they they didn't invite her back to voice the character of Ginger because she sounded too old. This Um, is a clanger. Yeah, this is awful. Like, I mean, Chicken Run is this classic film Mm. from the year 2000. Yes, it was 20 years ago. But I mean, yeah, this is just not the sorts of pieces of news that you're coming out of Hollywood right now. It just doesn't fly anymore. But it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because as far as voice acting goes, any voice actor worth their salt should be able to do a voice that's different to their own, whether that's younger or older or whatever. So presumably she should be able to play younger if they need her to play younger. Yeah. It's animated. She doesn't need to be 20 or however old the character's going to be. I guess chickens don't live for 20 years. So I guess they can't do a um, 20 years later chicken run sequel. But yeah, I I think it's just the way they go about it. And and there's not that open communication and dialogue and people, this is like sniffing a rat, you know, like it is hundred percent ageism and the opportunity for voice actors to be able to prove themselves is lost here, Mm. which is really, really disappointing. But that, but then, okay, hear me out. What about Mel Gibson? Does he sound too old now? Will he be able to play oh, his lead actor? Totally. This is totally a gender thing as well. Exactly. And that, that piece hasn't come out. They haven't announced whether Mel Gibson's back or not. Hmm. So why is this around a, a woman, a female actor? Why is she cut out hmm. and making headlines? But Mel hasn't hit the headlines yeah. yet. He's always in the headlines for different things. Though, yeah. <laughs> 
We got a teaser this week for the New Mutants ahead of Comic-Con. Mm. And it works as a brief introduction to the characters. I thought this was a neat little trailer. Yep. And they lent heavily on the effects and, and that sort of thing, which we hadn't really seen before. It feels a lot less horror, mysterious, as all the all the stuff we'd got mm. before was more leaning into that. And this one, it feels a lot more grander and effects heavy and whatever. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it was really interesting. And it, mm. it was a nice little intro to the characters. Yeah. But they're going to have to work over time to get people interested in this film because it has been in the works for so many years. Years and years. Um, and people just don't care anymore. It's like the Avatar films. Like, <laughs> you've got to... You, <laughs> which And also the producers of the Avatar films have been releasing behind-the-scenes shots and there's an upside to that and a downside to that. The mm. upside of that is that it does generate a bit of interest. But the downside is if you keep doing that, it's going to add to the the fact that people don't care. But also, can I comment on their social media strategy? Mm. It's really bad. The Avatar sequels, I mean. Oh, is it? Okay. The content that they're dripping through is so dull and they, they, they do it too few and far between. They're very conscious of not revealing too much in the secrecy, mm. which I get. I want the Avatar sequel trailer or teaser to come up with a big bang and, like, blow us all away and be like, why were we so nervous? Why were we kicking this mm. down before it got to stand up? But, I mean, half of their social posts are wishing their cast a happy birthday. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Like, I just mm, think it's okay. not it's not a Facebook, happy birthday, Kate, like... <laughs> Have you have a great day? Kiss, kiss. It's like, no, give us some behind the scenes, juicy, juicy, more concept art and on-set mm. photos. And, you know, you need to bring the trust back to the audience going, we don't, oh, sorry, we didn't really ask for an advertise week. You're going to throw four at us. Can you just give us peace of mind here? And they're just saying happy well, birthday to all their lead characters instead. It's weird. at least tell us why we should care. Exactly. And the downside of that is that doing these little drips and drabs that aren't very interesting are going to desensitize people. Yeah, I think so. Look, I reckon we're going to be blown away by Avatar 2. I still am holding on to hope, but I I just don't want to be proved wrong here. I don't want everyone to be right that it's just, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll just wait and see, and we'll bring you that news and, and that topic of conversation in the coming months, I'm sure. Yes. So good to be back, Tim. It's brilliant. Feels so good. Yep, and cinemas are open now, with the exception of Victoria, of course. So please get out there and support your local cinemas and support film yeah we absolutely. need it whether it be going back and revisiting old classics or films that you just missed in the feb march april period but then there are a few smaller independent titles coming out be good to kind of maybe go and explore some films you otherwise wouldn't have uh, considered exactly great and thank you for joining us again on a new series of popcorn podcast we'll catch you next time if you enjoy our episodes head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.